The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Be Mighty, balancing your money and your time with your hosts, Katie Marley. You know, it's a common thought that we can never balance our time and our money. We run out of money when there are still so many days on the calendar. What are some of the ideas and tools that will help us more efficiently manage these two resources? On today's program, you'll learn how being mighty is the result of transforming one's life. One insight, one choice, one action at a time. Now, here is K.D. Marley, which is K.Mar and D. Lee. Welcome to Be Mighty, Balancing Your Money and Your Time. Over the last weeks, we have been focused on various topics and insights provided from a variety of experts. We've been focused a lot on building a foundation and exploring ways to put together more balance within ourselves, within our environments, and people in our lives. Joining me today is my co-host guest, Lynn Shrell. Hello! What a way to wrap up October, hey? We're together. It's Halloween 2014, and we are going to be talking with Kaylee Martin about modern modern economics, (laughs) uh, modern ethics, modern ethics, which is enough to scare anybody, really. Um, (laughs) Kaylee's passion has been in philosophy, where she has spent a lot of time in her educational focus for both her undergrad and master's program. Her master's thesis is entitled Towards an Ethics of Respect. Kaylee is here to share with us her insights on ethics and why it matters more today than ever before. So welcome, Kaylee. Thank you, Dee and Lynn, for inviting me to be here today. Before we start talking about the topic of ethics and respect, Kaylee, could you explain to our listeners how you came about your passion being in philosophy and your experience studying it in both your undergraduate and your graduate programs? I've been a thinker my entire life. I've always been able to see other perspectives, and I've always questioned everything, which I'm sure was extremely frustrating for my parents and teachers. But the most important questions to me have always been, who are we, why are we here, and since we are here, how should we live? It wasn't until I was in my late 20s that I found that others throughout history have had the same questions and have come up with various answers. Once I found these other thinkers in the study of philosophy, it very quickly became my focus and passion. So, Kaylee, what prompted you to write your master thesis on ethics in the way that you did, and and what have you learned from your in-depth research and experience in writing about the topic? Well, in addition to being a thinker, I'm really actually a pretty practical person. It's fun to think about philosophical issues and talk with other people about philosophy and these different ideas. But it's not just about thinking. It's also about very practical questions. How should we live our lives? So as I studied 
my focus very gradually narrowed to the question of how should we live since we are here, how should we live, and then particularly ethics and how should we live in relationship with others. So the words actual the the words ethics and respect are very serious or people take a look at them um, from a serious perspective and some people don't like to even talk about them um, so they're kind of fearful about that topic area. So when you were researching your thesis did you experience any people being critical about what you were writing about? Is there any kind of cultural bias depending upon where some people live? Yeah, there were people that were critical about it, but I don't think it has anything to do with where somebody lives. Some of the critics were fellow philosophy students, other professors of philosophy, as in most academic philosophy, there's an attitude that ethics is kind of the poor stepchild, um, that it's it, it's not the... the um, I guess you would say the highest form of philosophy. And it is, I think, because ethics has to do with being very practical. Um, the other critics generally were people who come from um, ways of thinking that are convinced that their way of thinking is the only correct way to think. And they're not open to learning new ideas. Um, so it's, it, yeah, there were, were critics, but... I don't really pay attention to that kind of criticism. So respect, basically, um, and ethics. Um, I know this is kind of a general question, but when you start looking at um, how you look at basic ethical values, um, could you expand on this uh, as to what this means to each of us and how this needs to be a basis point on treating everyone around us, including ourselves? Good question. Um, as I studied ethics, it seems to me that respect is a very core value. It's a core attitude um, that without respect, it really doesn't matter what your ethics are. Um, respect for someone means that you care about that person's feelings and their well-being. Um, if you have self-respect, that's another term we have around self-respect. It means that you care about your own feelings and your own well-being. And the implication of this is that when you care about another person or are caring about yourself, you'll act in ways that benefit the other person or benefit yourself that will improve your well-being or the well-being of somebody else. And kind of the flip side of this is that you're not going to intentionally do something that brings harm to someone else or yourself. Um, in German, the word respect is Achtung, and it can also be translated as pay attention. Um, so when you respect someone or showing respect for someone, you have to pay attention to that person in order to figure out what they need or if you're for yourself what you need to improve your well-being, to take care of your, the other person's feelings, to take care of your own feelings. You have to pay attention in order to know what not to do to bring harm to that other person or to bring harm to yourself. Um, so it's a, a very core 
basic thing that kind of the other values build on, that if you don't have the respect, nothing else is going to work. I'm feeling the need to break into Aretha Franklin song right now. (laughs) (laughs) And yes, that did run through my head the entire time I worked on this. I bet. I bet. Well, and you know what's so interesting is that we're in such an attention deficit society. You know, everything is so busy and everybody's running around and all these urgent things and fires have to be put out and all there's, you know, the important stuff gets overlooked. It's all, and it's what you said too. Ethics is so foundational. It's so core. It's such the big blocks really that everything rests on that philosophy in general kind of overlooks it. It's just so taken for granted. So, um, I, you know, I love what you said about paying attention. I think that makes a, a huge statement right there. Um, and, you know, in your thesis, you explore a specific type of respect called ontological respect. Now, assuming that that is not a new branch of medicine (laughs) or something (laughs) along those lines, I mean, that's like really, you know, but could you describe what it means and how it's really needed to be understood in our world today? Maybe this is what will help us with this attention deficit disorder we have, right? Maybe. Could be. Um, Well, let's first, let's look at the word ontological. The part of philosophy that studies the nature of being or the nature of existence is called ontology. Um, A lot of us tend to think about respect as something that you have to earn, but ontological respect really is the kind of respect that comes from just because you are, just because I am, just because somebody else is. Just because we exist, we're here. Um, it's a very, very basic level of respect, and this is a this is the type of respect that is the core part, that is the very foundation for ethics. It takes away the question of whether or not you've done something to earn respect. It really doesn't matter if you've done anything or not. The respect is just because you're there. Because you exist. Um, You need to respect others just because they exist, just because they're there. If everyone acted in the world, acted with this kind of core respect, paying attention to yourself, to what you need, paying attention to others, what they need, in order to improve the well-being and not intentionally harm then there'd be a lot less suffering in the world because so much suffering comes from the abuse and the harm that people do to each other and to themselves. Well, and the abuse cycle just continues, right? The abused becomes the abuser. Exactly. So it just, yeah, we got to, yeah, well, Teddy Roosevelt said, respect everyone, but carry a big stick. <laughs> I don't know, you know, how does that play into this? <laughs> I think it was walk softly and carry a big stick. Oh, I'm okay. not sure. I probably had it wrong. But, but the point <laughs> remains the same. Yeah, that it's, it's just this very basic, I'm here, you're here. We don't have the right to harm somebody. We need to, um, how can I say this without feeling like I'm going around in circles? Everybody in the world, every person wants to feel better. 
they want others to act in such a way as to make them feel better. And it's one of those things that's kind of a what goes around comes around. If you're treating others in a way that makes them feel better, they're more likely to treat you in a way that's going to make you feel better. It's, it's a mutual cycle that can just make, keep making things better and better and better. And the core of it is this respect. And like you said, abusers beget abusers. The abuser, abused person becomes the abusee to the other people around them. And that's the negative kind of cycle where things can just keep getting worse and worse and worse. And just basic human nature. We want to feel better. We want to feel good. And treating yourself with this kind of respect and treating those around you with this kind of respect is going to make yourself feel better and make others feel better. So this also works right into the Be Mighty um, concept of the foundation and the focus on um, how this relates to the um, Be Mighty attitude. That's one of the emphasis that this program that we've designed has been focused on, too. And it's not just humans. It's also re- respect for um, other critters, you know, the our animals in our world, the world around us, the uh, nature. It is. And you're right that it's very much related to the uh, Be Mighty attitude and what this program this show has been trying to teach all along. If you're paying attention to yourself for your own well-being and taking care of yourself, you're going to be in balance. That's part of it. That's, well, that's now people would say, there's going to be somebody out there who's listening who says, wait a minute, that means I'm selfish, right? Is it selfish or selfless to actually pay attention to yourself? Well, <laughs> okay, I'm the philosopher. It's going to depend how you define your terms. You okay. can't think of it as being selfish, But think about it. If you put all your time and energy into taking care of other people, taking care of other people, eventually you're going to run out of energy because you're not taking care of yourself. You won't have anything left to give. Um, You have to take care of yourself. You have to respect yourself and treat yourself in ways that will improve your well-being so that you have something to give to other people to help them improve their well-being and to pay attention to them. It's like on the um, airplane flights, the safety lecture. I just came back from the East Coast. So just on Monday, I was sitting there on a plane listening to these safety lectures that you get at the beginning of every flight where they talk about if the air pressure in the cabin drops that the oxygen masks will drop down out of the overhead bins and it's always the same thing it's put your own mask on first and then take care of anyone around you such as children who can't do it for themselves you have to take care of yourself first so that you have something to give to other people well it's a sense of value you know if someone's not valuing themselves or they think of themselves as a lower criteria uh, level, then that actually probably is shared with other people in that same kind of level you know, when they interact with them. So it becomes kind of confusing. Well, respect, and I think this is something that you had wanted to talk about later, but we can just touch on it right 
right now just very, very briefly. Respect is a learned behavior. Um, children learn to respect by being respected. It's, it's not something that comes out of the clear blue sky. You know, you get hit with a lightning bolt and all of a sudden, hey, I know how to respect. It's, it's something that is passed on. It's a modeled behavior. It's a learned behavior. And maybe you yourself were not respected as a child, but you can make the choice now to treat yourself with respect and to treat others with respect. And then people can learn it from you. It's, it's not something that occurs in a vacuum. So you that know what, this goes, this oh, goes go back ahead. to what you said, though, Dee. Earlier, you said something about um, is our ethics dependent on where someone lives. So, mm-hmm. based on what you just said, uh, Kaylee, it feels like um, ethics, the definition of ethics and how that actually takes shape is really kind of dependent on how someone is raised or where they live, right? Yes, it would depend on the culture or the society in which they are raised. But what I'm trying to show in this thesis is that Without this core level of respect, I don't care what your society or what your culture has taught you for ethics, it's not going to work. This is something that transcends culture. Um, So it's like, don't murder someone. You know, that's, you know, that's a a value that would be respect, right? At its very core, yes. Mm -hmm. So it becomes a value assessment in a lot of ways that essentially... Um, becomes a real basis level for existence. Mm-hmm. Very much so. And that existence then, what we're um, sharing on the Be Mighty show that we're on, is uh, one insight. This is one insight that Kaylee has. And our emphasis is we take one insight, we make a choice, and the choice is to act you know, you make a choice. You have, it's it's a division. You go this way or this way. And based upon that choice, then you have an action that follows. And so, it comes, it rolls back up to what do you want to be doing? Do you want to be out of balance? Do you want to be in balance? And how does that then play into the other relationships? So, it's time for another, or for a commercial break. So, don't go away. When we come back, we'll be talking with Kaylee about how important it is to have respect for ourselves and the world around us. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Get ready to experience a more fulfilling lifestyle. Tune in to Direct Connect Empowerment with host Fee Mazanke. The show will feature guests who have changed their lives by using the Direct Connect coaching program or have worked with the same concepts that this program offers. By hearing how others have been transformed, you will be inspired to move forward. Direct Connect Empowerment with Fee Mazanti can be heard live every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Do you or somebody you love have a struggle with abuse? You don't need to be a slave to your abuse anymore. Listen for Beyond Abuse, Beyond Therapy, Beyond Anything with Dr. Lisa Cooney. Dr. Lisa overcame struggles in her own life. 
Two decades of sexual, emotional, and physical abuse nearly took their toll. In her 20s, she turned her life around and set upon a path to help others. She can help you find the key to take control of your life, too. Listen every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Build your better business. Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. You are listening to Be Mighty, Balancing Your Money and Your Time with Katie Marley. To reach the program today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send us an email to b-myte at b-myte.com. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back to Be Mighty, Balancing Your Money and Your Time. Before the break, we were talking with Kaylee about what it means to live with respect for ourselves, our environments, and others around us. And during the break, as a sneak peek, we were just talking about how people take ethics for granted. It's fascinating. What does it really mean to be the moral duty mean meaning or the word in terms of today's society and how would it best be applied in daily interactions? Well, Dee, I would actually put moral duty or you could also call it moral obligation kind of in the same category as ethics. It's something that um, we either tend to ignore or in the business world you have to take classes on business ethics and that sort of thing. But I think for a lot of business people, it's just, okay, this is something I have to do. Or, you know, people in MBA programs, this is something I have to do. And they, a lot of people tend not to think about how this affects their day-to-day lives. Um, But moral duty, moral obligation is something that you ought to do because of what you value. And a couple of weeks ago, Wayne Autumn was on this show, and he talked about how to figure out what your values really are, and I would encourage people to go back and listen to that or, you know, check into his book where he talks about, because that's actually really value, valuable to figure out what your values are. And what people say and what they actually do a lot of times can be different things. For example, somebody can say that they value honesty, but if you look at the way they act, they'll show that they don't really value honesty at all because they're lying, they're deceitful, and pretty much the way they live their life is based on a lie. And so they can talk about how much they value honesty all they want, but their actions show that they really don't. And in order to live with, with integrity your actions do need to be in line with your values. So figure out what your values are and then act accordingly. Um, This is the way you apply the ethics. This is the way that you apply the respect. It affects what you choose to do, what you choose to say, how you choose to act. So is it a possibility that people have situational ethics? I'm trying to think of like a situation where maybe someone is, um, you know, well, 
you know, let's take me driving, for example. Of course, I'm the perfect driver. <laughs> Everybody, <laughs> Everybody says wrong. that. Yeah. But then, you know, other people on the road, like I've had people sit in my car and they white knuckle it. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, really? And they're like, oh, man. You know, so it all depends on your perspective, right? So is there such a thing as situational ethics and is it relative to where we are in our lives or in the roles that we're playing or how does that all come together in this conversation? That is a really, really loaded question. <laughs> I'm going to You're say welcome. yes and no. Okay, both. Hmm. Situational ethics. Okay. Ethics is not situational in that these core things like respect, cross-cultural, cross-situations, cross-borders. It doesn't matter. But the application of that and how it plays out in your life can depend on the situation. Um, Everybody is different. Everybody's individual. So what I need to do for you to show you respect may not be the same as what I need to do with a significant other or a child. Um, And that's one of the beauties of using respect as this core value because you can tailor it to the situation, to the circumstances, to the person that you're interacting with. So as you honor others, you are so honored. Just so it's respect, honor, sensitivity. Like, are there other values beyond respect that are universal? Or is that really the only one that we need? I would say it's the only one that you need. Because if you're truly treating yourself and others with respect, everything else is going to come out of that. All the other things are kind of follow from this paying attention to yourself, paying attention to the others to figure out how to improve your own well-being or the well-being of others and not to create intentional harm. Um, Everything else follows from that. So what kind of, um, that brings back people being responsible and that that's a big question of accountability and responsibility. In your opinion, what has been the reason people seem to um, have given up the responsibility for themselves and how they operate in the world? Like, you know, we go for a lot of walks around our location here in Kirkland, Washington. It's a beautiful space area. And we are all, every time we go in a different direction, it's been very interesting because we've found that sometimes people just you know, lose the respect for the environment and toss out whatever, wherever, in the bushes or on the ground. And, um, you know, you see this along the freeway, too. And so, what would be a, um, in your opinion, why would someone give up that kind of, um, you know, responsibility for themselves in keeping up with their trash that they generate and also why would someone not be actively looking or why are more people not actively upset because of this? Whew. You guys are good at coming up with very, very loaded questions. I could actually spend the next several hours <laughs> High five on that D. one alone. Nice. But it's so serious. I mean, it, it is. It, it it's is a serious just... question. 
But to keep this short enough for the show, let's go back to respect. Um, how do children learn how to respect themselves and others? Again, it's a learned behavior. If you're going to respect a child in this way, it's not based on whether or not the child brings home a good report card or performs well in the sports game that they're playing in. Um, Children learn how to respect when the adults in their life show respect to them. And if the adults around the children don't respect themselves or the others or the children, the children won't respect the adults either. And I don't know about you, but I've, I've been in public situations like grocery stores and have heard adults saying to children, you know, you better respect me. I'm your father. Or I'm your mother. Something like that. It doesn't work that way. The child won't know how to respect if they're not shown respect. As they get older, again, it's a behavior they can choose for themselves. But one of the things in our society is that I think as a whole, people have stopped taking responsibility for their actions. To get back to your specific question here, again, children are not held accountable for their actions. Um, they skip school or, or, you know, are pulled over for speeding when they're a teenager and have a driver's license. And the parents do what they can to get them out of it. Um, kids don't do their homework and, you know, the, the parents will call the school and, you know, well, we need to let this one slide because of X, Y, Z, whatever. So children are not forced to take responsibility for their own actions. And so they grow up not taking that responsibility. They see others around them not taking responsibility for their actions. And it's, it's kind of endemic in our society. I don't know how it is in other cultures, but I think in our society it is endemic. It's everywhere. And... Taking responsibility for your actions is absolutely critical, particularly if you want to be mighty, be balanced. That's all part of it. Uh, it's like a mighty snowball. It all is. Way down a hill, and it's, it's something where, how do you stop it? Well, and again, once you start the respect cycle, you realize that it's not just respecting yourself. It's not just respecting other people. It's having respect for the environment. Um, it's not polluting. It's not throwing your trash on the ground. It's taking care of the environment. And part of this, again, goes back to having respect for other people because if you trash the environment, it's not going to be nice for somebody else to look at it. So in a way, you're disrespecting the other person that might be walking along behind you, not just the environment itself. Um, it's showing respect for animals. It's, it's paying attention to where everything fits in life. We, we being humans, tend to get kind of arrogant about what is in our environment and that we can just do things without thinking about the implications of what happens. This is actually not as, as common now because now if somebody's going to be build a new building or, you know, start an industry somewhere, 
they generally have to do environmental impact studies. But this is relatively new. Um, but that, that there, right there, it's when you study the Im implications of what you're doing on your environment, you are taking responsibility for your actions. And it's unfortunate that that has had to become a government regulation rather than something that people would do voluntarily. But it's a snowball thing. Like you said, if people start showing respect for themselves, for others, they're going to show respect for the environment. If they're living with disrespect, they're not going to respect the environment either. And they're disrespectful for themselves too. So it, it becomes one of these big questions in society. You know, who's going to make the, the situation change? I mean, everyone's falling off the balance hook on this one. It's, well, um, it comes back to the individual choice. Things change because people choose to make the change. And you can't sit around and wait for other people to do something first. You have to take the initiative, make the choice to change yourself in your own life and how you live your life. And then as you do that, you model that behavior and it spreads to other people. Um, eventually, hopefully, in an ideal environment, it would spread to all people. Given that we live in re the real world, not the ideal world, um, having everyone living with respect may never happen. But that doesn't mean that we can't choose to live with respect where we are and in what we do. And that's, I think, part of the underlying emphasis that we have on our Be Mighty attitude as well, because there's a lot of choices and a lot of insights that are part of the expert presentations that we've been exploring. And so our empowerment request to our listeners is to embrace you know, these different concepts and um, take them into a Be Mighty attitude and go forward. And in that same kind of uh, situation, if um, someone is changing their attitude, how, from a philosophical, you know, thinking process, how do they actually get something from a philosophy <laughs> into their brain in a clear way so that they can actually know what they're going to be doing? I mean, do you have any simple way to um, identify? Because philosophy feels like a fuzzy thinking process that some people go, hmm, that's really nice, but... Well, it comes back to the individual choice. What do you choose today? Accountability. We've talked about taking responsibility. That's basically the same as accountability. If you're accountable, that means you take responsibility for your actions. Um, it does seem that there are many people who do not take personal responsibility for their actions or who aren't account accountable. But I would, I'd like to throw something in here. If you watch the news, it seems like that. One of the things I try to remember is that for the most part, only bad things are reported in the news. We hear about people committing crimes, about increases in lawsuits, about prominent business people going to jail for tax evasion or theft of their employees' retirement accounts. 
But how much do we hear about the people who are living ethically, who do take responsibility for their actions? I would like to think that the majority of people do live this way, do choose to live ethically, and do live in a way that makes them accountable for their actions. And because they aren't the ones that are on the news, they aren't the ones we hear about. And so can you define what accountable means? I mean, we've had accounting and bookkeeping and investment. You know, those are different words. But when someone's accountable, are they counting their coins? To be accountable means to be able to answer for your actions, even if it's only answering to yourself. It's taking responsibility for what you do and being willing to answer to someone, whether it's someone else or yourself, about how you acted. Um, it's, it's very core. And in a way, you talked about the accounting that has to do with money. And in a way, it's the same thing. Because in accounting, you're showing what has happened with the finances, with the money. You're, you're being answerable. You're showing what has gone on with this money. And that's what accounting is, whether we're talking about money or personal responsibility. And so that's part of the balancing act also. Mm-hmm. So if someone has some good intentions, because a lot of times it's like having the the first of the year shows up and they've got, you know, everyone writes their list of resolutions for the year. They're going to do this. They're going to lose weight. They're going to do the blah, blah, blah. They have good intentions. But somewhere, somewhere in the reality, um, when actual practice comes down, uh, they might start out with good intentions, but they forgot. And um, how can this actually be um, something that would change? I mean, what, what, there's so much to lose by someone forgetting. And so as someone gets in there into the action of real life, um, do you have any suggestions on how, how to keep it front and center? Um, yeah, actually, I'd like to say something about New Year's resolutions, though. Um, I actually don't believe in New Year's resolutions. I think instead of having one day out of the year where we resolve to do something, whether it's lose weight, exercise more, whatever, I think that's something that we need to do every day when we wake up. What am I going to do today? And as far as the gap between the intentions and the actions, I think there's a couple things here. First, I think it's a lack of paying attention to the details. Again, it's a lack of basic respect. And I also think that people in our society tend to live lives that are overcommitted. We're trying to do more than we can realistically accomplish. We do this to our children, too. Children used to go to school and come home and do their homework and then have time to just be, be a child, play. And instead, I see these children now that after school, they have soccer practice or whatever, you know, these different clubs that their parents get them involved in, and a child never has time to be a child. We're trying to do more than we can realistically accomplish. We're trying to make our children do more than they can realistically accomplish. Our society rewards us for doing or achieving something. And so, to keep that, we have to keep trying to do more and more and more, to achieve more and more and more. 
and it's the overcommitment because if you say yes to everything, you're not really going to have time to do it all and something's going to fall between the cracks and that's the gap between the intentions and the practice. And that comes down to con- uh, consumption as well. And it's time for another commercial break. When we come back, we'll be continuing to talk with Kaylee about living with modern ethics and what you need to know. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Tune in every week for the Wellness Lounge, a step further with host Desiree Watson. Our program empowers you to incorporate a wellness lifestyle into your life, supported by a diverse selection of guests, including physicians, athletes, and education and government professionals, while helping you realize the connection between mind, body, and spirit. You'll achieve a personal edge in injury avoidance, stress management, and personal development. The Wellness Lounge, a step further, airs Mondays at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to Be Mighty, Balancing Your Money and Your Time with Katie Marley. To reach the program today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send us an email to b-myte at b-myte.com. Now, back to this week's show. So, welcome back to Be Mighty, Balancing Your Money and Your Time. We're talking with Kaylee Martin about modern ethics and what you need to know. And uh, what I think every business owner needs to know is how does ethics and respect relate to reputation management for a business owner um, in today's economy and climate? Let me tell you a story. This is something that happened to me probably about 10 years ago. Again, I was in the airport waiting to catch a flight and was sitting next to a gentleman in the gate area. We started talking. He asked what I did. I told him that I was co-owner of a business. And eventually, the conversation turned to ethics. And he told me that I would never have a successful business if I tried to operate it with complete honesty. And I wish I could meet this person again because here it is well over 10 years later and the business is still thriving and going strong. Um, we have a, the, the business has a very good reputation in the community. The business is also run with respect because that's how I live my entire life, not just, not just the business. The reputation of a business can make or break it. I don't think any business owner who really wants to stay in business can afford not to act with respect toward their customers. 
And they're even better off if they act with respect toward their employees. But if your personal ethics conflict with the organization or client ethics, like if you have a client that you're not really tied in with, that you're working with, is there a way to work around that through it or is it better just to let it go? This one can be tough. In the ideal world, I would recommend that you find another organization to work for or another client to work with. In the practical world, again, remember I'm a practical person, this may be a lot easier said than done. You're the only one who can decide how much of a conflict you can live with. But in general, I would say that the more extreme the conflict is, the more I would strongly recommend that you find a different situation to work in. And that's part of being out of balance. I mean, that would be a definitely out of balance relationship. It's an out of balance situation, yes. And so from an insight perspective, um, would you gracefully tell the person, you know, client that you don't tie in with their conflict, conflicted issues, or do you find someone to replace what you're doing from a service? You know, what would be the, the gracious way to not have that um, continue? It's going to depend on the situation and the individual people involved. It may be, if you're working in an organization, it may be just finding another job and then resigning gracefully. Um, if your employer pushes for details, it depends how much you want to tell them. You know, one of the standards is you're resigning for personal reasons. With a client, again, how much you want to tell them depends on the kind of relationship you have with them. It may just be as easy as saying, you know, I don't think this relationship is going to work. Um, I, you know, here are some ways that you can find another company who might be a better fit for you. I don't think there's any hard and fast rules on this. On a kind of a related note, but different, but related, um, <laughs> what happens if in this attention deficit you know, climate that we're in, what happens if somebody's multitasking? What if somebody is not being totally present during important conversations, discussions that really need attention and focus? What do you do? How do you handle that? Stop talking. <laughs> First, very simple, stop talking. We live in a society that has a very difficult time with silence. If you just stop talking, eventually the other person's going to realize it and want to know what's going on. If you stay silent, it will get their attention. One thing that I've noticed recently is with smartphones, um, and I've, I've experienced this more than once, people are playing games on their smartphones or texting other people instead of paying attention. It might be necessary to request that phones are turned off or not brought to these critical important meetings. Um, I do want to give a caveat here, though. There are people who actually can listen and focus better if their hands are busy doing something. I would not say that that something involves texting somebody else or playing a game. But 
there are people who, okay, let's say it's knitting or whittling, whatever. They actually can focus on the conversation better if they are doing something with their hands. So again, you kind of have to be careful with it. But with the smartphone issue, I would say turn it off. Well, and I think it's also a sense of value again. How do you value your time? Because if we're talking business owners who are very much out of balance with most of their time, if they're trying to interact with someone internally, externally, new client, old client, combination of employees or relationships, if they are operating in a deficit to begin with, and they need a conversation, and the person they're relating to is also out of balance, and you've got a really extreme case of potential miscommunication, <laughs> which is very loaded in the sense that, you know, it's it's one of these, again, people are so polite, they will just try to interact, and if you have someone that's basically distracted with a phone and then the phone rings and then they answer the phone and you're right in the middle of a conversation. A lot of the meetings happen on a very sporadic basis because people are sporadic. And so what happens then, it's almost like a feeling of disrespect in the sense that you were talking and interacting with someone and then you're distracted with something that that you take as a priority over that conversation. So it's kind of like, again, another snowball. And I think it's one of those where society has gotten really used to having so many distractions that you, you let go of that connection that you had pick up a new connection and so the person left hang, hanging with a sentence is left with a feeling of well, they don't value what I'm talking about. So it becomes almost an, op, you know, it becomes like another snowball. So how do you look at that from a from a value sense, from a respect perspective? Because I think that's really rude, my opinion, and it feels like it's disjointed and it's rampant out there because you go and you see people doing this all the time. Well, a couple things here. Um, One is that multitasking has been set up as kind of an ideal in the business world, but more and more studies are showing that we actually get more done and get it done better if we focus on one thing at a time rather than multitasking. And for the focus, very early on in this show, there was a guest called Dr. Rick Wyckoff, And in that show, he talked specifically about focus and about learning to get rid of this attention deficit of bouncing from one thing to another and trying to do everything at once, which really isn't possible. And if you try to do everything at once, you're not going to do it very well. It is a form of disrespect. um, And it's up to you as to how you want to handle the situation. Do you want to call them on it? Again, stop talking. It will get their attention. And then you can ask, can you please please put that away until we're done with this conversation? This is very important to me. You can't force somebody to pay attention, but you can ask. So in that conversation then, um, and this comes down to some business relationships, um, a lot of times there is someone that is a leader and then there are followers. And what are, from a positive relationship perspective, um, so that everyone's all on the same uh, tune, um, what are the clues that 
one should be aware of that something's not working, that something needs to be changed. And we were talking with how to, you know, share this request. Um, this is a gracious process, you know, where you've got someone as a, that's a leader. If they're not even showing this, they're kind of like a parent in a sense that the, the followers as employees are looking to the leader for an example. But if that, that leader's not sharing a balanced attitude too it's a little difficult from an employee perspective to say hey hey there you know you're not <laughs> you're not showing me respect but i think that comes back to the communication process well for any relationship and this is where ethics comes in anytime there's more than just yourself in a vacuum there is going to be ethics but one of the basic keys is to treat yourself and the others around you with respect. You're paying attention to them. To know what to do, how to improve the situation, how to make things better for them and for yourself. It's not the same thing as giving in to what anybody wants. Situations that are not working are can be very obvious. It's when one or more of the participants is acting with very blatant abusive behavior or it can be a lot more subtle just these little verbal digs at each other but both are a lack of basic basic respect to change this you cannot force other people to change you can only change your own actions and before you can change you have to be willing to change um, if you're the employee this can be kind of difficult, but you can change how you treat others. Um, if you're the leader, you have a lot more control over the situation, and you can change. You can change how the environment is going to be. Um, one of the keys to this is open communication, listening to each other, asking questions to clarify what that person has said so that you're making sure you understand them. We've got well, about three minutes left in the show. I hate to say it, but I, I have like a burning question. Kaylee, this is almost a yes, no, hit it hard. Would you say it's a good idea to espouse your ethical position through your marketing materials or your website as a business owner, or do you just let them become evident by how you show up through your work? We have two minutes to go. Up to you. <laughs> Up to you. I mean, the... Okay, yes. Um... For some businesses, it may be appropriate to have it stated very blatantly. Um, these are businesses in which um, there's a lot of trust involved that the customers, the clients need to be able to trust. But then you have to back it up with your actions, even if it is on your marketing materials and your website. So right. it's not necessary to put them there, but it's not going to hurt either. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. If our listeners want to get in touch with you, how should they contact you? Best way is by email, and that would be kmartin.ethics at gmail.com. And that's K-M as in Mary, A-R, T as in Tom, I-N, dot ethics at gmail.com. And yes, feel free to write. What is one suggestion you would have um, our listeners um, do on a daily basis to help them in a be mighty attitude in creating and implementing a system of respect for both themselves as well as the connections with others in the world around them because that's that seems to be this is a good place to start you know identifying 
and um, expanding this uh, concentric circle of potential. It goes back to what the Be Mighty show is about, changing your life one insight, one choice, one action at a time. You choose in each moment how to act, what to say. In this moment, are you acting with respect toward yourself? In this moment, are you acting with respect toward the other person and the world around you? In this moment, are you paying attention in order to enhance the well-being of yourself and others? Great. I appreciate your taking the time today and sharing with us your uh, dynamic thesis that is so important and as a basic. Join us next week as we welcome Margaret Tanner to our show. Margaret Tanner will be taking, talking with us about how you are more than a body and a mind. Thank you for listening today. We'll see you next week. Thank you for joining Kmar and D. Lee for Be Mighty, balancing your money and your time. Be sure to come back for another great show next Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Enjoy your weekend, and we'll see you here next week. Music